Welcome to the PWE and Me podcast, a place where we talk about the workplace, how it's changing, and ways that we can create an experience at work that is inspiring, real, and motivates us to bring our best self to work. PWE, what is it? Well, it's an acronym for Purposeful Workplace Experience. I'm on a mission to help our workplaces shift from being transactional to transformational, and PWE is how we will get there. My name is Carolyn Suara, your host and creator of PWE. We are coming to everyone today with another episode of PWE and Me, and I am really excited because today's podcast, um, I'm actually taping live together with Erin Allen. Welcome, Erin. Thank you. Hello, everyone. And uh, and I asked Erin to come on the show. Um, she is the general manager of Health Club that I'm a part of. And uh, from the moment that Erin uh, came to the club, I noticed... Um, a really big difference in how things were going and the impact on me as a client. And so I asked Erin to come on because in my opinion, Erin um, really truly epitomizes uh, the purposeful workplace experience and has created an, an awesome experience for me as a customer here at, at this health club. So Erin, let's just have a chat about all the amazing things that you do. I don't even know what it all is. I just had this really good sense that um, – you would be a great a great person to chat with. So awesome! Well, I'm so excited to to be here. Thank you for for uh, having me. And uh, again, thank you for the feedback. That's my my favorite thing is when a customer <laughs> says that they love to be in my building. So. so so why don't we just chat a little bit so people can know uh, a bit more about you? So you're the GM at a health club. Yeah. Um. Maybe what brought you here? What do you love about your your job? And and help people understand what it is that you do so they can they can relate to you and understand. Sure. Yeah. So I have been with the company for just over eight years. Um. I started as an actual personal trainer and moved up uh, into management positions. Um, and I have been the GM of this location for just over a year. Um, my job is to run a successful business overall. Uh, and I think the key to do that is to take care of your people. So I always look at it as if I take care of my employees and I take care of my, my members, then the business metrics or numbers, they will take care of themselves. So we have to stop right there sure. because that is a, a tremendous philosophy and something that's at the root of PWE, so Purposeful Workplace Experience, is that people first and when people are first, the business will absolutely follow. So a year in from a business perspective, I'm guessing everything's on track. Yeah. So uh, awesome. it's, uh, it's definitely going in the right direction. Yep. Um, I, I, I mean, the numbers and stuff I think are, are magical when you have um, a culture in the club that people want to be a part of. Um, so I want people to want to come to work. If they want to be at work, then they're going to be productive at work. And then therefore my P&L spreadsheets are going to be positive right. um, at the end. So yes, and we're definitely going in the right direction. Good, good. And, uh, and so in previous roles that you've had, um, what what started that philosophy for you recognizing people first would help drive your business? Yeah. So I would characterize myself as a people person. I genuinely care about people. I like being um, surrounded by by people. I'm, I'm not kind of a solo 
um, person. Um, and I think diversity makes us strong. So my first team in terms of management for this company, I started with 17 teammates um, and looking at each attribute and each opportunity and how it all worked in, in cohesion to form a strong functioning team um, and move ahead five years. I'm now responsible for 149 um, staff all with their own diversity and, and different attributes. So um, I think having people work together with all of their their differences for a common goal is, is I mean, that's the definition of, of teamwork and that's what I love to be a part of. And so, and so it sounds like you saw that earlier on in your career. How do you how do you get that diversity? How do you hire in that diversity? And, and what does diversity really mean to you? Yeah, so I don't, um, so I am responsible for seven functional managers or functional leads, and then they each have their own teams and it funnels down from the GM. And so it's important that different characteristics of each role are met with that actual individual. So for example, someone who takes care of my my maintenance position is, is has different attributes than someone that's in my HR component, right? right? So you have to look in terms of first that person, what they um, bring to the table, as well as the job description components that go with it. Um, but to have someone who's you know, 64 working hand in hand with a 21 year old, mm. right. And having that cohesion and having that, that learning and growing and development. I think that's, I mean, that's awesome. That's, I love to see that every day. So, and if you can't, I know you can't see it, but Erin just had a huge smile on her face. <laughs> Everything lit up about um, talking about the different types of people that you work with. So, so your leadership team, then it sounds like the range in age mm-hmm. is a big part of the diversity and the big, uh, maybe maybe secret to your uh, ability to create such a, a positive environment for people to thrive. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So again, my oldest functional manager is 64 and my youngest is 21, just turned 22. Um, so, and then we have a, a full range. So I think people bringing different um, uh, life knowledge as well as, you know, the different uh, generations and, and, and all coming together and then, um, really working together and learning and growing. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Right. Yeah. So what's been, uh, we're talking about some really good stuff here. What's been a a challenge that you've encountered over the past few years when it comes to leading and creating a really healthy workplace culture? Um, so I think for culture to thrive, you need proper communication. Communication is so important. So coming into this location again, just over a year ago, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know any of the front desk stuff. I didn't know my functional leaders. I didn't know the the group fitness instructors, no one. So going from a club where I knew everybody, all the members, Mm -hmm. like it was a huge community for me to, I don't know anyone. I have no relationships with these people. I haven't had any conversation with these people. Uh, So what am I going to do to to A, have them trust me and, and B, start to create that framework. So it all started with conversations, um, one conversation at a time and meaningful conversations that you listen with intent and you genuinely care about the personal things in their life. You know, you remember their kids' names, you remember what they do for their workouts, you remember um, what motivates them from the, the conversations you've had. So coming in, one-on-one conversations, one-on-one sit down, um, getting to know my functional leaders, 
Uh, we do a team meeting every week, which everyone looks forward to. It's 90 minutes. We always do a team build component. Um, everyone talks about what's going on in their department. Um, and so, and you, you set that in place immediately when you got here? Immediately. I started on a Monday. We had our first meeting on Tuesday. Okay. And so, um, and so that challenge, um, just to help people connect with that, is when you come into a new workplace and like, how do you get things going? And so what I'm hearing you say is, conversations, spend the time with the people up front. Yes. So what would you just say to somebody? And I've had people say this to sure. me, Carolyn, I just don't have time for that. So what if I said, Aaron, you know, if I was your, your boss and I said, Aaron, you don't, you don't have time to do that stuff. Like you've got to get that PL moving and I need to see more, you know, signups or something like, yeah. how do you respond to a manager or a person who says that to you, Aaron, we just don't have time for that. I would say you don't have time not to. Okay. You don't have time not to spend the time with your people. Um, I like to think of my mentor um, and the things that I feel he did really well um, that worked and resounded with me. And he always took the time to sit down and be like, okay, mm. how are your kids? How is your family? I know your car, you were having car trouble last week. How is that? You planned a vacation in June. How's that coming along? Mm. Talk about the personal stuff, the things that are actually going to make people, um, again, trust and and want to to work with you, what motivates them. Then you can get into all the numbers and specifics in terms of the coaching and the teams. But um, people want to feel that they're heard and they want to feel valued. And the way you do that is you spend time with them about the things that are important right. to them. Because everyone's job isn't necessarily the number one driver. You got it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, um, you know, I know that's how we met. It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, an, it actually wasn't a happy conversation. Our, mm -hmm. our initial contact. Yeah. But what struck me from that was your human way of dealing with it. And and I also came into it like having a conversation and and wanting to make sure my point was heard and you did an awesome job of that and so from a a customer perspective um it was it was just it was really great to feel heard and listened to and not patronized like oh yes thank you thank you for your time and telling me that and then you know next so um i've noticed it from a um a client perspective uh, as well so i I'm sure you're, you're the people who work with you um, might have some similar stories to share with that That's, as well. Just and again, the I love that feedback. Thank you. Yeah. Whenever I meet with a member or a, a client, I want that open door policy to, to be able to continue in the future. Mm -hmm. Right. So meeting with Carolyn, again, it was a bit of a fierce conversation at the beginning, but yeah. I wanted you to leave knowing that you can always come back to me. Yeah. You can always come back with a problem. You can always come back with suggestions or solutions. Um, and that, um, I, I want to be my member's fitness person. Yep. So if you have a question about a health club or anything that goes on in the health club, I want to be the person that you email. I want to be the person that you contact to continue that relationship. In terms of my staff, and this is my this is my favorite thing, is when I say, okay, imagine or think about your favorite boss, like in quotations, the boss, the favorite boss that you've ever had that made an impact on your life. Yep. And my employees say, well, it's you, hands down, it's wow. you. Um, that, I mean, that is the biggest gratitude as, as a leader and, and the biggest compliment. Right. So with members, I want that open door policy. I want to be the fitness guy. I want that relationship to continue. And with employees, I really want to be the person that had an impact on their store, their success story. Right. So if I got to be a part at improving somebody's any sort of aspect, but their career, and I was a part of that success story. I mean, that's, 
that's such a, a positive feedback for me. Well, sign of an awesome leader. Definitely. Thanks. Definitely. Now you were starting to tell us about um, some of the things that you do weekly with the team. So communication was a huge part of yes. creating a thriving culture. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about, um, so beyond the one-on-ones, you said you set that up when you came in, but um, what does a day look like uh, for Aaron? Yeah. So first thing I do is I come into the club um, and we have a staff entrance um, with the side door that no one sees and it I goes so into didn't the know staff <laughs> entrance or whatever. Okay. Um, I've never taken it once. I don't even know the code to the door, to be honest, um, because I come in the front door mm-hmm. and then I say hi to the front desk staff and I do my little rounds and I say hi to the people downstairs. I go up to my office, drop my computer. I don't turn on my computer. I don't check emails and I do my walkthrough. So it, it is quite a big facility. It's over 70,000 square feet. Um, and that, that walkthrough can take me half an hour. It can take me an hour and 15 minutes. It really just depends on what staff and what members um, I run into. So I make my way through the offices, through the studios, and it's, a, it's multi-part. So I want my staff to know that I'm here and I want the members to be like, oh, you know, Aaron's in the building. Yep. I also want to make sure that things are clean. I want to make sure the staff is where they're supposed to be. So my custodians are in the studio where they're supposed to be, et cetera. And um, I have, I will note that I have seen you um, cleaning up and picking up as if it's your own house. Yeah. Um, which is a really cool thing to see too. And I, I do think of it as my own house. Yeah. I think of it like this is a reflection of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I'm going to take the best care of it. I can. It's very much how I would take care of my house. Yep. So pick up garbage, make sure paper towels are um, stocked and toilet paper stocked. Make sure again, the staff have their name tags on. They're in uniform. They are on stage. Our members are being taken care of. So um, that walkthrough is one of my favorite parts of the day. Mm. Um, that first initial uh Good morning. How's everything going? High fives to the the, the PTs, and um, really again having those those quick but meaningful conversations about oh how did your class go last night at five o'clock? I remember you saying you were taking that. All of those follow ups to continue that communication in the relationship. So mm-hmm. walk through is the first thing. Um, then I'll have my one on ones. So I would do um, anywhere from two to three one on ones per day. Um, and then there's obviously conference calls and, and things that go into that day as well. I don't like sitting in my office for hours at a time. I'd rather be on the floor. Um, and again, I look at the GM position in the club as you want to be the person in fitness. So if our, any of our thousands of members have a question about fitness, they know my name, they have my contact, and I'm who they come to. Uh, so it's not that person sitting in the office looking at spreadsheets. It's right. that person on the floor being part of that culture. So can we dig in a little bit to, to one-on-ones? So you do how many a day, did you say? Um, two, three, depending okay. on the week. Yeah. And how long How long would they be on average? And what are some of the things that you address during those one-on-ones? Sure. So they're an hour. They're scheduled for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and first thing is how, how are you, Carolyn, how are you, what's going on in life? How following up from the specifics from the last week's one-on-one, right? So your, um, son's going to prom, what are the specifics with that? Uh, again, you plan that vacation, right. um, you, you know, bought that new pair of shoes or whatever it was that we, we had talked about the week before. We talk about any staff concerns. Okay. So for example, my, um, personal training manager has 15 staff that he works with 15 trainers. So any staff concerns, and we talk about concerns as well as celebrate successes. So Mm -hmm. I got this great email from this client, you know, that, that trainer changed her life and this is such a positive success. So staff concerns or opportunities as well as, um, successes. We'll talk about any equipment, a big thing for me. And again, frustrating in the past is if you 
are given a task and you don't have the equipment to properly complete that task. So equipment are all of the, for example, um, treadmills in working order, or that we have enough bands on the floor, there's skipping ropes, or the mics in the studios working, is the sauna working, is what it, is there any equipment issues that um, from last week that have changed that we need to, to address so that you have the tools for yourself and your team to complete the, the tasks that we've given hmm. you. Um, we'll talk about any sort of miscellaneous, so upcoming events in club, if you have um, any sort of vacancies in staff that you need uh, uh, a new teammate, um, any uh, yeah, different um, community outreaches that we have going on. Okay. Um, right now we're partnered with a um, food drive, so yep. how that's going and, and any sort of miscellaneous items. Um, then we'll look at numbers specifically. So for each department, um, there are obviously our P&L numbers and targets, yep. where we are month to date in terms of target. Are we ahead? Are we behind? What's the game plan in order to, to get there? Um, action items. So I always give them a list of okay, three or four things that is your action item from this week to next week. Okay, So you want to have that fierce conversation with that member you've mm. been avoiding or um, complete that one-on-one with that PT that's struggling um, or whatever the action item is is meant to be and the last thing is what do you need from me Mm. okay so what do you need from me whether it's you know another one-on-one to make sure that i'm following up to make sure you did your action items or you want me to explain these numbers more specifically you need me to help you pull that report or you need me to sit in on an interview because you're not sure if this candidate's the right fit for our team so what specific things do you need from me. So what kind of things do you hear around that? Because I know um, I've, I've had people say to me, well, you know, if I tell my my boss that I need something from them, they're going to think that I'm not capable. I get a lot of, I'm going to give you a scenario and what would you do with that scenario? Okay. So um, I get a lot of, this is the conversation. This is the, the specifics of the scenario. What would you do in that mm-hmm. instance? I'm not going to have that conversation for you, yeah. but I will tell you if I was in that spot, what I would do and we can role play it. We can practice it. Um, and, and can give you some tools to have that conversation more effectively. Right. So yeah. you're not getting, so it sounds like you're getting some really good responses back to that question. Not just, no, Aaron, I'm fine. Everything's good. Yeah. And not at the beginning, like it takes time for that trust to be developed. Right. Right. Um, but now a year in like, and I've had well, never 60 plus one-on-ones with these guys, yeah. um, they'll definitely they have no problem coming and be like, what would you have done in this situation? This didn't go how I wanted it to go. Like, what could we have done different? Hmm. Um, I look at leadership. The, the best um, leaders create more leaders. Right. So you leaders shouldn't create followers to follow you. Leaders should be able to create more leaders. Um, if you as a leader can create or develop a leader that's better at your job than you are, then you've done a phenomenal phenomenal process with that person. Right. That's the way I look at it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so so that sounds like an action-packed day, which is yep. probably oh, yeah. why whenever I look up uh, <laughs> and I see no one in your office, that's why. I'm running around. <laughs> yep. um, and so um, I know you shared with me one time about uh, some things you do at your team meetings. So you have weekly leadership meetings. Yep. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you do there. Sure. And uh, I, so we have about 13 now that come to the meeting and that, you know, at the start, like, I'm like, okay, hey, guys, you need to be on time. We got to respect each other's time. You need to come prepared, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it took a couple of weeks for that to all get now, like they're lined up two o'clock, ready to go. They have their notes, which is, is amazing. What is team build? What are we going to do this time? Yeah. Um, so for example, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had them run around the building and find all of the fire extinguishers. 
And that's at the beginning, right? That's so to beginning. put some context around at the beginning of every meeting, yeah. what do you call it? It's team team building. And and how much time do you take to do that on average? So the meeting's 90 minutes yep. and it's, that's a respective time. We don't go over 90 minutes. We always take the full 90 minutes. Yep. So it's anywhere between team builds, anywhere between 15 to 20, 25 minutes okay. of the, at the beginning. Right. Um, so yeah, the team got paired off and yep. then ran around the building and counted all the fire extinguishers. Okay, so which is super fun because A, you learn about the fire extinguishers, yeah. which is great, which is a, a, a good sidebar. Um, but then also it's a competition. The one that filled out the sheet of the 27 fire extinguishers first won a Movati swag hat or whatever right. item. Um, we've played little games like headbands, um, which is a discovery game. So guess who I am? Yep. Um, we've had like a basket head game. Um, last, last week we had to, they had to come up, run through the club and take pictures of, um, colored items. So three red items, three blue items, three green items. Then they had to come back and construct a poem using those items together. And then they had to present the poem and the team that was voted to be the best poem presenter again won some Mobati swag. So, so every week you do a component of that. And, And I think that's amazing. Um, if you can't do 20 minutes, um, what would you suggest? Like maybe five or 10 minutes Wait, I'm kind of putting you on the spot, no, your totally. creativity, where do you, where do you get all those ideas? First of all, um, I usually wake up, you know, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning and then I have <laughs> all going. this time to my brain's going. <laughs> um, there are some books that I've read that have different components. We have a great, um, I have a great mentors in this company as well that have given me a lot of ideas along the way. Um, a quick one, which would work for anybody in any sort of um, um, place that's trying to build culture, is called Skittle Me This. Okay. Okay. So Skittle Me This, you get the colors of Skittles. So um, you, each person takes a handful of Skittles from a bowl. Say they get three reds, two blues, a yellow, and an orange. And each one has a different component about themselves. So if you get red, you need to tell something on your bucket list. Okay. If you get green, you have to say something about your family. If you get yellow, you have to say a place that you want to travel, right? So each person will go around and and say their different specifics. So again, I think everyone in the workplace doesn't have to be best friends. They don't have to be friends at all. But in order to have that culture and create um, what you're looking for, you do need to know a certain baseline about people. Um, So if I can learn from you that you speak a second language and your kids' names and that you want one day to go to Australia, Mm -hmm. I have all of those talking points now, which really, I mean, in terms of our metrics and our P&L and the job components, doesn't have much to do with each other. But again, in that relationship and that workplace cohesion has been built from getting to know something Absolutely. about your teammates. Well, it's the trust, right? Mm-hmm. And and I mean, relationships are the currency in any business. Yeah. And so if we can eat Skittles together, um, I mean, that part sounds exciting on its own. <laughs> um, and in a health club too. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it really helps build that trust. So when you have to have the tougher conversations or you're, you're facing a challenging situation, you already got some trust to to build upon mm-hmm. and to work through. So, and it's fun to see my supervisors come to the meetings as well. So they don't lead teams necessarily; they would lead a shift or, or so. But mm-hmm. they love coming to the meetings and getting to know about their leaders. And right. again, it just it has that whole culture. And you start it, and then it just kind of spreads like a pyramid. And that's it's so fun to see. Yeah. yeah. So that kicks off the meeting. Yeah. Um, is there anything you do to close off the meeting? Or yes. um, so we that? call it bringing it beyond. Okay. So every week they need to. Pre- 
prepare bringing it beyond candidate, um, which is someone in that week that has gone above and beyond in terms of their job component. So um, they have, you know, had great member feedback or they have um, helped out a teammate or they covered a shift when someone was sick or they, um, you know, did something above and beyond in the maintenance project or whatever it is. So every teammate is that I nominate person X because of they showed care and compassion or they showed work ethic or whatever that is. Uh, and then it's the responsibility for everybody in the leadership meeting to find those bringing it beyond candidates and high five them oh, after wow. the meeting. Um, so high five, you were nominated for bringing it beyond in the leadership meeting. You know, thank you for, for, for caring. Thank you for going above and beyond. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And again, yeah. is that something you learned through the years um, from another mentor or how did how did that come into your practice, your way of, of leading? Yeah, I think um, Bring It Beyond is one of like our, our company standard across the across the company. So everybody uses the Bring It Beyond. Um, but the high fives, I think recognition is important, but it has to go both ways. So you have to recognize the person, then you have to feed it back to them. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, you were recognized for this. Again, feed it back. Thanks. Give it the high five. So if you had called if someone had called in sick for a shift on Saturday and you stepped up and you took that shift on a Saturday of a long weekend that no one wanted to cover and then 13 leaders from a meeting came and found you and gave you a high five and said thanks for doing that I mean that makes a huge difference it's not just covering a shift it's like again creating that community and that culture right right um so so those were those are two pretty human things to do. Um, it's, you know, to have these one-on-ones, the way you're running your meetings. Are there any other practices, any other secrets you have there, Erin, that you could share with, with people about how to create this type of environment for people to work in? Um, I like to, I like to think that I give people a chance. So maybe you don't have the most experience. Maybe you haven't done that position for five plus years, but I see like a flicker in you mm. and then I want to fan it out and see if that can create a flame. Right. Like I'd like to, um, I know my mentor took a chance on me. Um, and again, what do you I, mean? What do you mean took a chance on you? Yeah. So coming from, um, like a smaller club with a much smaller team to being like, Hey, here's this huge, big opportunity. Mm. Um, you know, like it's, it's, this place is, is struggling, right. Yep. And, and they need a fixer. It's going to be a lot of work and, and, could kind of go, you know, I have confidence in you, but you've never done this before. So you went Um, from a really small club to managing a whole lot of people. So I went from my team when I left, um, the, my other location was 27 people. Okay. And so I went from 27 to managing 150. Okay. Gotcha. So one department, one of those functional leads to actually managing the the entire building and the PNL that goes with it. Oh, I see. And was there a certain quality or something like why, why did they take that chance on you? Um, Do you know? I think, I don't know. I think they saw, they knew I wanted to grow mm-hmm. and they knew I had, uh, I worked hard. Um, and then I had all of, and I was doing the same position for just over five years. Um, and, and I would, I mean, like to say doing it very well, but I think for someone's creative act, you know, creative ability to, to thrive, you need to give them more opportunities. So I think it was a, um, this is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this, this may be too much, but let's give her a chance and see what she can do with it. Um, so with my people, I would like to to think that I, you know, see a spark and be like, okay, here's a spark, you know, and this is something that really motivates you. Let's see how we can make that grow and make that, that um, build. Um, so in terms of giving people a chance, so maybe you're not the most qualified, maybe you haven't had the most experience, but if you 
are willing to learn and you're coachable um, and you have the same vision as me, then I mean, the sky's the limit in terms of what we can do. And so that's the spark you look for is this desire to learn and grow. So one of my most successful um, stories is, was this really, really young PT. He had one cert, no confidence, just this young kid. And a PT Uh, is a personal trainer, trainer. which I have one, by the way. Yes. (laughs) And he's great. Oh gosh, that guy's amazing too. (laughs) Um, So this, this young PT and he basically came into the interview, like, there's no way you're going to hire me. Like I, I, don't have an experience and um but I saw something in that guy and I'm like hey like did you see? we can work with you um he genuinely cared about fitness okay. had a passion for fitness um had a passion for people and he was honest he was brutally honest in his interview he wasn't sugarcoating anything he's like hmm. nope I haven't had any experience with that nope don't know how that works I'll learn like I'm willing to learn right um so yeah I hired him as like the bottom or the entry level yep and uh, he worked his way up and was terrified of public speaking terrified and so we practiced in meetings and he did some training and development components and presented to the team and we fast forward four years he's out the education specialist for the company he teaches all of our new PTs really um, their boot camps um, and he is probably one of he is top five percent trainers that this company has ever seen. He's phenomenal. Um, he works for, um, another training company as well. Um, teaching hundreds of people a year uh, in terms of that specific practice that he does. So, uh, and he said multiple times, thank you for taking a chance on me. Thank you for having an impact on my life and changing the course of my career. Wow. And so as, as leaders who are hiring, um, you know, you take chances and some, some flourish work. like that yeah. and, and others don't. I've had similar situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say others don't, they were still successful. Um, they maybe didn't fit into the mold that the company was looking for at mm-hmm. the time. But what I like to look at is they weren't successful, as I said, in that company, but they went on to do other great things. So I never, I never... I never questioned the chances that I took in hiring certain people. Um, I, I always wanted to see, give them the opportunity and see what they could do. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree hundred percent. Yeah. Any, any stories or experiences with um, taking a chance that maybe didn't play out the way you thought it might? Hmm. Um, I, I think... So I did have an employee and really great potential um, and gave them that an opportunity um, and knew what their work ethic was like. Um, And they were just like, go, 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 go. And it got to the point where I had to really rein them back and say, okay, I'm I'm taking some of this stuff off your plate Mm. because you can't work 16 hours a day. That's, that's not fair. That's not fair to you. And that's not fair to the people that you care about in your life. Mm. Um, So I know that you are, you know, and you'll get there, but you're not doing this right now. You do need to slow down and you need to make sure that you're, um, I would say the EA big three, you got to eat, you got to sleep and you got to exercise. Right. So when any of those three things start to, to not be a priority, then you, you got to check yourself. You, you're no good to anybody else until you take care of yourself right. as well. So got to eat, got to sleep, got to exercise. You right. do those three, three things, you'll be more efficient at everything else that you do in your life. Um, cause I don't want my employees to, to spin their wheels and be frustrated because, um, they're overworked. Right. And so, and so that was a challenge because they didn't respond or they were doing too much or that was, that was how you address the challenge that they were doing too much. So they, their work, um, 
their work was starting, the quality of the work was starting mm. to suffer because they were taking on too much on right. their plate. Right. Um, and that was partly my fault because I gave them free reigns mm. to do all the projects that they wanted right. to do. Um, so I said, listen, we're going to cut that back. So instead of focusing on 20 things, you're going to focus on six and you're going to do those six really, really, really well. Right. Finish them to completion and then you're going to move on to the, to the next things. Um, and how did that go? How did they respond to that? They were frustrated for sure. They're like, no, but I want to do this. Yeah, you can't tell me what to do. And I want to do this. Um, but I mean, they thanked me for it in, in the end. Hmm. Um, and I think that's our job as leaders to recognize um, what opportunities, what you know, whether it be work ethic or or any specifics in terms of that that mentorship from your team, and make sure that you encourage them, but you also have to to keep them. Um, in the parameters that it's going to be healthy for everybody. Yeah. And I know that um, that's something I've, I've heard people say, well, it's not my job to tell people how to live their life, so to speak. But um, I think what's consistent about your approach is you're not necessarily telling them what to do, but you're helping put uh, parameters around it so that you're almost giving them permission right? They're giving them permission to, again, come back and be human and, and, and find that balance. And and we need people to do that in our lives, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes we, we do lose that balance. And so I agree with you. I, I think it is incumbent on leaders to play that role uh, and, and help, help us um, remind us what our boundaries can be and, and, and give us that support. Oh yeah. And if one of my leaders, um, you know, looks exhausted and I haven't seen them eat anything all day, I'll be like, Whoa, slow down, whatever it is going on, your million things. And I know we all are busy in these jobs. You got to eat and right. you got to sleep and you got to exercise. So take care of you first. And then you're going to be able to take care of the things that you need to do effectively. Yeah. Yeah. So any other part, I mean, you shared some really great tidbits and like really practical things that you can do to create such a great experience for the employees and, and then clients like myself, we absolutely see it. Um, any other, any words of wisdom or insight that, uh, that we haven't yet talked about? I would say, um, regardless, I mean, everyone has the stuff going on in their personal lives. Um, regardless, I look at it when I'm in my building, when I'm in this building in front of my members and in front of my um, staff, I'm on stage, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm on stage. I am, I, I try to have that energy and that passion every single day, um, regardless about, you know, what I left or the, the stuff going on with my you know, kids, school or really, or whatever it is, um, be present in the moment, have that same passion and energy, um, every day. And you really have to, I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do. Yeah. And I think people have said, you know, I can see that you love what you do. So, um, in find and you're not going to love everything about every job, but really hone in on the things that bring you that joy. Uh, and then you can give that joy back. Right. Um, so leave, leave your personal stuff at the door, really enjoy the components of the job that you do. Um, and then that's going to show through to your staff and your clients. Yeah. And I remember you telling me to, you know, how many, what percentage of the names on the, of your, of your clients, do you know, it was, yeah. It so my mind. probably I've been here just over a year and I, I would say I know 80% of our members by first name. Um, oh. that is one of my, my personal action items every, yeah. every day is to go out and learn four new members names. Um, my old community at my, my previous club, 
I literally knew, I probably knew 95% of the people by name. Wow. And that was a big community, a big culture for me. I would walk up the stairs. I'd see 10 members. I knew 10 names. I knew who they trained with. I knew what their last workout was. And that was a, a big community piece for me. So coming to, again, a new club where I know no one and I don't have that. Right. So how am I going to build that? So that was an action item for me every day. Learn four new members' names learn something about them. And then again, follow up, even send so great to meet you today, Carolyn. Yeah. Um, this is my email. If you have any future feedback questions or concerns, reach out to me directly. I am your fitness guy. Yeah. Um, and again, that spreads like, Oh, there's this new GM and she talks to everybody like that's, you know, and to create that, that culture. So yeah, I would say 85% of my members I know now. Um, and I mean, I, all 149 of my staff, I, I would say I know all of their kids' names. That's amazing. Mm. That is amazing. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, I have a PT appointment to get to. Oh, awesome. That's great. <laughs> um, but uh, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's remarkable hearing the, the, the things that you do with the team. And then I get to experience um, from a client perspective, uh, the impact that that's, that's, that that is having on your employees, because I feel it as a client. So awesome. thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank and you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah. And and here's too many more and many more years of, of, of great leadership that you have to share with the world. And, um, and thanks again. Awesome. Thanks, Carolyn. in hearing more about PWE? Well, I'd welcome you to buy my book, Rules of Engagement, Building a Workplace Culture to Thrive in an Uncertain World. I share stories, personal and professional, about different elements of PWE. And it's available on Amazon or on Indigo. Thanks to all of you out there. This is why we do this. This is why we have this conversation. We look forward to being with you again on our next PWE and Me podcast. Now, the best way you can hear us is to subscribe on Spotify or iTunes. And if you don't like either one of those two, you can always go to my website at carolynswara.com.